0: Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game,
1: JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the JTandthedon or email them at JTandthedon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys.
0: Welcome back to another episode of JT and the Dawn. I am the Dawn Donato Bucci. And thank you for joining us for a, an action-packed episode here on JT and the Dawn. And please remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And if you like what we do, Please leave us a five star review. So let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today?
1: Feeling pretty good, man. We have so many things to go over, man. We do, we do. Are you ready for this marathon show? I don't I don't I don't think so, man. I think you might get me today. Like I, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like this might be like that fight last night. Like something surprising might happen.
0: <laughs> well, it's never surprising that I win, so I I
1: don't know where that's oh, coming. Oh God, from. here we go. See how see how I was, was trying I was trying to be nice to you. No, you weren't. And there you go. See if anybody ever wonders why it seems like I'm being a little bit meaner to you in 2020. This is exactly why. You've always been this mean. You're no, just showing it more no, in public. No, I'm I'm always I'm always nice to you, and I'm like you know what you need an attitude adjustment in 2020. So that's what I'm working on. Anyway, anyway, it it is going to be
0: an interesting show. I think it'll be a a fun one for us. Um, A lot of topics and a lot of debate. Um, I wanted to let our listeners listeners know, sorry for the extended break, but uh, more importantly, JT, I wanted to say thank you uh, to you uh, for your support and condolences as I lost my sister a couple weeks ago. Uh, She was a a huge um, influence on me. And so I would like to uh, dedicate uh, this episode uh, to her. So let's uh, let's make this one our best episode yet. Uh, episode 38 of JT and the Dawn. So JT in the leadoff spot. Like you said, the Wilder Fury 2. The rematch. The unfinished business. Let me start off first. Were you surprised with the result of the seventh round technical knockout
1: by Tyson Fury? So am I. Are you asking me? Am I surprised that Deontay Wilder got the brakes beat off him by yes. by an out of shape, unassuming <laughs> uh, bouncer? Is he really a, out a, of shape? At a, at a, at a, no, actually, he this was he was in much better shape for this fight than he was for the last one. I'll give probably, him that. yeah. But he's he's never gonna be. Like, when you think of heavyweight champs most times that are at that level, you think of guys like Wilder or Lennox Lewis as specimens. But he's a big guy. And I think last night was the first time – I noticed it last time they fought. But, like, dude, he's just so much bigger than Wilder. And it's like you're not accounting for, because he's so much bigger than him, the extra power that he's sending his way when he's landing some of those shots. And last night it showed. But to be honest with you, I went out last night. This would have made you proud. I went out last night to a bar with a buddy of mine. We watched this fight. And right before the fight, he's like, who you got? I said, I think this is the night that Wilder goes down. And of course, I said it hoping that I was like, I hope he loses just because I called it when he fought Ortiz. And I looked like an idiot. But I was like, (laughs) I just had a feeling that Wilder was going to go down tonight. So I guess in theory, I wasn't surprised, but it was surprising to actually see it happen. Yeah, I, I was surprised that he just got
0: rocked the way he did. Like, I think a lot of people, and I would have believed this, if if you were going to tell me before the fight that, which you did not tell me, so I, I, I don't know. I got to take your word for what you said, what your prediction was. But um, if you would have told me Fury's going to win, I would have said it would have been because he just outboxed Wilder and got the decision in the end. Um, so... That's where I was surprised with how Fury actually backed up his words that he was going to attack and come after him and try to knock him out in the second round. And Fury got that cut that that hit on the left ear, I believe, in the third round. So Fury almost called it.
1: Yeah. I think Wilder was surprised. You see when uh, Fury finally knocked him down, like Wilder's on the canvas just looking up like, all right, damn, he hit me. And that was hard as hell. I felt right. that. I'm right. nervous. Like the, yeah. that's the look in his face. Yep. You know. You know when like he was. He was a little you, scared at that. Yeah. Point like when there. you feel something, but the people around you aren't aware of it yet. He's like, shit. This is real. Right. Right. <laughs> he um, nervous for the first time ever in the fight.
0: I agree. I agree with that. Um, do you think? Let's go to the ending of the fight with the stoppage by the assistant trainer throwing the towel in, um, and you could see what Wilder asked the assistant trainer after it happened. Like, why did you do that? Is what he asked him. So was, was it
1: because the... he was getting his ass kicked. That's why.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was it the right move by the tra- by the assistant trainer there?
1: Absolutely. This is this has got uh Apollo Creed versus Dra <laughs> written oh, all over man. it. Man. Seriously. If if he didn't throw in, if his corner didn't throw in the towel, that's equivalent to Rocky just sitting there just taking his time and waiting too long. He like literally I was out, I was out at a bar and you can see the look of concern on people's faces. Wilder at this point, you can tell like he's not right. He's falling down on his own. He just looks like he like at any moment like he look like it's it could be fatal if he gets hit again the wrong way. So it just shows how much the people in his corner, and his trainers, care about him and love him that they're like, look man, like live to fight another day. Like you you're you're clearly not right in this fight right now. And we want you to come back and fight him again. So they absolutely did the right thing by throwing in the towel.
0: Yeah, I do agree. And I was watching it, um, you know, with my girlfriend. And we were saying the same thing after the third round. Like, we were saying it in the fourth and fifth round to just stop this. Like, he's bleeding out of his ear. It's not stopping. And then every time he goes to the corner and they have him, you know, rinse his mouth out with water and he's spitting it out, it almost looks like he's vomiting blood. It was that much.
1: But it wasn't even it wasn't even that per se and that's a really good point but it was more of he was falling on his own. Like Right. Yeah, his legs
0: like, were his legs were spaghetti.
1: Yeah, he was only in the fight to hope that he can land one of those knockout blows and kind of like change right. the course, but it wasn't it, happening cuz he was fighting a real boxer this time so he was ready for that.
0: And that's the thing, like you—you you don't want to stop it because he has that great equalizer, is what Max Kellerman was saying, that right
1: hand. Well, you, you don't want to stop it because this is probably this is probably the biggest fight in five years in boxing. Well, and you just don't want to end it in you know that, two or three rounds. That like, too, you can't do that. You, you got you got to get him. You got to give him some time to at least like see if he gets back. If he doesn't and it starts to become dangerous, then you can call it.
0: Right, and that's what they did. And and that's why a trainer is there is to protect the boxer from themselves because I'm convinced, and I, I actually gained more respect in this fight uh, for Wilder in the, a all, loss. Than all the other 40 all Yeah, the other 40 in a wins. loss because he showed me, listen, if his trainer was not going to stop that, I mean, they were going to probably have to take him off on a stretcher, right? Like, he was not going to quit. And so that is the job of the trainer is to protect the boxer from themselves. And that's what they did here. The one thing I don't agree with the trainer was the game plan. Tyson Fury told you, I'm coming after you. I'm going to try to knock you out in the second round. And they basically allowed it. They allowed Wilder to be back on his heels the whole fight. Like, you can't do that. You know, Fury's a better technical boxer. Like, you needed Wilder to be aggressive all night and... They allowed Tyson Fury to dictate the pace, the tempo, and the action. And so that's where I blame the trainers, uh, but not for the stoppage. I I agree with you. The trainers did the right thing. So last thing, JT, from the fight. Hold
1: on. I kind of disagree with you on that. I I don't necessarily know if it was they played right into Fury's hands. It was more of what could Wilder do? Like you're fighting a boxer, and you're not really a boxer. You're a brawler. But that's – but he's—he's. That's, but he's, he's, that's he, exactly he's, it. But he's. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that, that I was—I noticed very early on in that fight, Fury. He did come after him like he said, but he kept Wilder off balance with the way he was just doing the jabs, the way he was keeping his hands moving, and you saw early every time that Fury would try to throw one of those jabs, Wilder would you normally would come over the top of that, and that would be a knockout blow. Dude, Fury's too big and too long, and it just didn't work. And he, he was on his heels because. He could never get comfortable.
0: You're acting like Wilder's this like short guy like myself. And, he's not, know, which
1: makes he, Fury even scarier. Well, that's true, but
0: it you, it's exactly what you said. Like, you know, Wilder's a brawler, not more of a technician the way Fury is. Exactly. So you have to make it a brawl. If he's attacking you, you've got to attack back. But he allowed Fury but to a, dictate all the of thing.
1: that. Here's the thing, and you're the boxing guy. That makes it dangerous. Normally, when we say a guy is a technical boxer, they usually that way because they don't have the knockout power. This guy has both. True. So it, so it changes. You mean you mean El- Fury? You mean yeah, Fury. Fury. Yeah, he's a technical boxer, and he can knock you out. So but listen, JT. It changes the whole dynamic. But,
0: but listen, JT, if you know already he's a better technical boxer and he probably would win gotta, the point. The, he, he, do you, you, you then only, you have to be
1: aggressive and go hold, knock him out.
0: Hold on. You only – drew the last time because of those knockouts at the end if not fury was obviously ahead because the last round was a t- had to have been a 10-8 wilder round right so wilder was going into that last round down two he needed a knockout so what i'm saying is why would you allow the fight to go eight nine ten eleven twelve rounds if you're wilder you should have finished it in the five to six round range so that means you've got to be aggressive you've got to put him up against the ropes and you allowed Wilder or fury to dictate all of that when you know imagine it's exactly what you said fury's a better technical boxer so if he's not only out boxing you but now he's being the aggressor guess what all the points are going to go to him how are you going to win you've got to be aggressive and knock him down and that was never going to happen because from the get-go wilder and his camp seem to be okay with, you know what, fight back on your heels. That's not going to work. That's not Wilder's game.
1: Can we just admit the man got beat down? And He did. He did.
0: So so to wrap it up, where does Wilder go from here? Do you think he gets a couple? Well, actually, supposedly, he did not go to the hospital because he got stitched up in the arena. Ain't
1: Ain't no way. Ain't no way.
0: I don't know. He should have went to the hospital just as a precaution. He looked, but He
1: looked like Michael B. in Creed, too. He needed to go to the hospital. All right.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, man, a lot of Rocky and Creed references. I like it. But where does he go from here? Does he take a couple easy fights to hopefully get that rematch with Absolutely Fury? Absolutely
1: not. He got, he got to wait until he gets his rematch with Fury. He cannot take another fight because I, yeah. any, any fight that's a next fight that's not this fight again is just going to taint the legacy. You got to get back in there. Go back toe to toe with the monster, and you got to prove that. Look, you made yourself better. You changed up the game plan, and you got to go through the best to beat the best. Yeah,
0: I think. Listen, you've got 30 days to enforce that rematch clause supposedly in the contract. You wait till the 29th day. You get your mind, your health right, and then you try to. That'll take you to the end of March. Then you try to schedule it for November or maybe September.
1: If and- he does, if he does not. Go about the route of rescheduling. Do you lose respect for him?
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. I agree with you. I think it hurts him in one of two ways. Either, yes, you feel like he's running away from the challenge. Or two, what if Fury plays, fights Anthony Joshua and loses? Now where does that leave Wilder? Like, you even if you beat Fury now, he would have lost a fight to Joshua. So it's not as impressive anymore.
1: So I agree with you. Do the rematch and get it going. All right. Well, let's switch gears and let's go to baseball. Man, I feel like this Astros cheating scandal is just – this is I, this is the craziest thing I've seen in baseball history. Like somewhere Pete Rose is just like, and hey, you guys are getting on me. These, these, <laughs> these idiots like had an Ocean's 11 level of just cheating that I've never seen before. So obviously uh, we know the story. Astros got caught cheating. Uh, surprisingly, none of the players – uh are suffering any sort of you know punishment or suspension or anything like that and naturally that's going to catch uh the ire of other mlb players that you know none of these astros guys are getting in trouble so i've noticed this has been going on a lot so whenever they interview players about you know how they feel about the astros scandal they're always bashing the astros but they're also going after the baseball commissioner Rob manfred um and just calling them out. This is some of the stuff is ridiculous. Do you think that this is a bad sign for baseball that the players are openly showing such disrespect for the commissioner of their sport?
0: Uh, yes and no. I think yes because it's showing they don't respect the commissioner, and I think all leagues tend to do better when they get along with the commissioner. I mean, look at Cause the NBA. it's more of a partnership. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Exa- exactly. So I think that's the bad part of it. You want it to be more of the way David Stern was with the NBA players, the way Adam Silver is. Um, So, I think when you lose respect to the players, it's going to hurt with the CBA and everything else. Now, where I think it is a good thing, JT, is
1: any publicity is good publicity. And the thing is, when is the last time? Since Since when did you start? adopting that motto <laughs> I don't know until you, this, you this are, question for, for everybody out there don't listen to him he is feeding you a load of you know what he you are the most play it safe you know I I don't I don't I don't want to go across the line type of guy you are not trying to get negative publicity at all
0: well until this question that that fits perfect <laughs> for this question that uh, any publicity is good publicity because when is the last time we spoke about baseball what feels like the whole offseason JT like I can't remember that even when there's been big time free agents out there, like last year, it only started to rev up around this time because Machado and Bryce Harper were not signed yet. So this has been happening since Mike F- Fear fires. Sorry, Mike fires said it back in November. Like that's crazy. So that's why it's a good thing. I think a lot of people can't wait to see an Astros game, a spring training Astros game. On top
1: of that, it's crazy. Oh, uh, they're already going after the Astros Is Exactly. Right? They're exactly. already starting the trolling. Um, oh, I don't know. Is it is it fair to say I don't care? Because I don't really think this is a bad thing because, I mean, at the end of the day what's going to happen, by them calling out Manfred, is that going to get him removed from his position as commissioner? No. Is that going to change, you know, the decision they already made as far as punishment for people involved? No. So, like, this is just the players – Actually I think by Manfred just standing his ground and, you know, kind of like almost ignoring them, it's good for it's good for him because he's basically letting these guys vent after they think he dropped the ball on punishment all the way around. But it's like, you know, hey, look, we didn't do what you guys wanted. Go ahead, bash me, I don't care. So he's looking real Roger Goodell, like as far as look, he's at the top, he can take the shots, and he's not crumbling under under the pressure in the media. But the thing that I think all the players want to happen is they want the Astros to be stripped of the title. So, should their World Series title you know, be vacated? Should they pull a Reggie Bush at USC? What should they do with that? Well, I mean,
0: we hate cheating whenever it happens, right? No, we don't. No, that's not should be...
1: necessarily true. That's not necessarily true.
0: Well, I'm saying you and I. You and I uh, usually, uh, right? I there know. should be consequences. I mean, when...
1: I enjoyed can... watching Barry Bonds, so I mean, it
0: depends on who's <laughs> well, cheating. Can we, can we agree that when you do the wrong things there should be at least consequences to it right like there should
1: yes, be yes yes <laughs> if i did the wrong thing i'm going to break the home run record yeah there should be so, consequences well this is actions. what i
0: was this is what i was going to say though even with that said i don't think that, maybe this is not the popular opinion but i don't think they should be stripped of it because
1: yeah well, going like, back doesn't to matter. this <laughs> to the what's that it doesn't matter if they 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 still won it. it doesn't matter
0: right i mean that's the, we're all going to know and remember just like with usc that they that they were the champs and like think about the steroid era are we going to go back and say one player was on steroids on one of those late 90 teams and we're going to take the title away no and the new england patriots got caught cheating videotaping with spygate did they get any of their super bowls taken away no so like I think you would be setting a really hard and tough precedent then if you do it now. Because then the next time there's any sort of little cheating at all, what are you going to do? Take the title away? Like, you're setting possibly a bad precedent, precedent for future actions.
1: Yeah, this is stupid. There's no way they're taking back a title. And, he, and these players like uh, Giancarlo Stanton saying, like, hey, you know, if I would have known what was coming, I could have hit, hit 80 home runs that season. No, you couldn't have because you wouldn't even played enough games to hit 80 home runs. Guys, yeah, they cheated, but they still beat everybody. So I think they just got to get over that. Like ML, MLB is not taking away a title, so they can just, you know, forget about that. But I guess you can call that an overreaction. So do you think as a whole are we, I guess, as – as fans, are we overreacting to this? Because like you said before, everybody cheats in sports, especially baseball. Steroids. People this is not the first time that somebody has done I, sign stealing.
0: I didn't say everybody.
1: I didn't Well, I, didn't I mean, cheating is in baseball in baseball's culture. So are we as a whole overreacting to this?
0: I think a little bit. Now I've heard a lot of radio shows where former players said, Hey, if I had the choice between taking steroids or knowing the pitch. I want to know the pitch because that's going to help me way more. So that's where I'm like, maybe we're not overreacting because if it like I think if it's that helpful, which it obviously is like it, maybe we're not overreacting. But I still think in the end we're overreacting a little because I've heard people say, listen, baseball does not want to go down this rabbit hole and investigate every team with their electronic devices because they're going to find things they don't want to know. So that leads me to believe people know some other teams are doing a little bit here and there. Maybe not as, as elaborate. uh, Exactly. (laughs) I was trying to think of the right word. That's elaborate, whether it's a buzzer or the trash cans or the different video equipment that they were using, like, or a code breaker, right? That's what they called it in the front office code breaker. So like, yeah, maybe not as elaborate, but it starts to lead me to believe that uh, some teams are are really walking that fine well, line. Well, it's absolutely
1: AD. going on. I don't know if you saw this, but Joe Girardi already came out and like had an interview that he was basically involved in a similar scandal on another team. Not as elaborate as this, but I'll post it sometime this week. But yeah, he basically already came out like right after Stanton came out and kind of gave them crap about it. He's like, "Look, yeah, I've I, I've been a part of something like this before. It happens." Like I told you cheating is in baseball's culture like they just can't help it. But yeah, I think we are overreacting to it because it's the, j- even if you know the pitch is coming doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hit it. And that's the thing. Like they were so they weren't sign stealing when like you know like Randy Johnson or somebody was on the mound like you sometimes guys just aren't just aren't going to be stopped. So but like it definitely said, helps. It, it yeah, definitely it, it can yeah, it, it cannot hurt. It helps, but if that was the, if if this was as big a deal as everybody's overreacting then guess what the astros should have hit every pitch and every they would have had a million home runs because if you know the pitch that's coming you're guaranteed to hit it that's not the way it works so i do think it's an overreaction but astros are trying to move on they're trying to you know kind of you know do damage control uh, especially in-house with uh the staff so they got dusty baker as the new manager and um james click as a gm do you like them bringing those guys in as replacements and new hires,
0: yeah, those are those are really good hires as, for the situation. I mean, Dusty Baker, veteran Dusty, man, exactly.
1: For, Dusty Baker is like the coach you call in when you when you have a crappy situation in a, cra- a crappy program, and he cleans it up because everybody loves him. Seriously, he always gets situations not like this, but just like less than ideal situations that need to get cleaned up. Oh, call in Dusty Baker, he'll fix it for you.
0: Well, he's, he's a veteran manager. He's a solid manager. Um, he has improved teams pretty much everywhere he's gone. And I think, more importantly, the veterans will respect him and respond to him. And then, you know, someone brought up a good point. Listen, he's 70 years old. He can definitely still manage. But he's a good short-term fix because of his age, even though you don't like to say that. But the reason being is, Listen, you know, they were probably hoping A.J. Hinch could be there 20, 30 years. Like, realistically, that's not going to happen with Dusty Baker because he's 70 already. But, mean, but,
1: he, but he's been 70 for 30 years, so.
0: <laughs> I don't quite know what that means. But, like, he is a, he's going to help. And then he might say, hey, I only want to do three years anyway. And so now you have the next guy then that can – Dusty helps you get through this tough time. Now, the next guy has a real clean slate, even though Dusty had nothing to do with this. And then James Click from Tampa was in the Tampa Bay Rays organization. You got to like that. He's had to work with less money than the Astros had. He's been able to improve teams, and he's big on analytics, just like the Astros had before. So, um, and hopefully he won't go down the, uh, you know, sign stealing way that the, the former. Uh, baseball operations guys with the astros did so i like i like that hire with click as well
1: yeah i like both of the hires um get fresh faces in there i like the point i was trying to make about baker is i feel like usually when he gets a job it's a situation where they need to fix something whether it's a culture or you know like there's disgruntled players or the off like that team is underachieving they bring him in and he kind of like he's a short-term fix he writes the ship and he gets them, like you know, on track to where they're supposed to be, and then you bring in the superstar after him. So I think this is a perfect situation for him to come in. And you make good points about Click. Um, he worked in Tampa Bay. He's used to working with cheap people, so now he's got, you know, a bu- some budget to work with. He should be good. So yeah, I like these two hires. Um, can we talk about the funny part of this whole situation? And I feel like I haven't heard, you know, many people bring this up. So, I, do you know cuz you're the betting guy? Did you know that they like you there's actually legal betting on who and how many times the Astros are going to get hit by a pitch this season? Like there's you can literally go and bet on this. Have you heard about it? Yeah, I have the number here. Do you have the number? Uh to call and place a bet?
0: No, not the phone number, the over under on how many times they'll get hit in the year.
1: I got some. So, I got I think it's over under 10 and a half times that Alex Bregman gets hit. Um, I think there's uh, – so it's like which Astros player will record the most hit by pitches during the next season. Bregman's at plus 100, but he was going to get that regardless. People hate him. Um, George Springer's at plus 200. Altuve's at plus 300. And Carlos is at plus 350. You got some more numbers?
0: Yeah, the one that I found was the over/under on how many times as a team they'll get hit in the regular season was eighty-three and a half, and now it's down to eighty-two and a half. So that means as a whole team, they're going to get hit
1: about once every two games because there's one hundred sixty-two games. Well, I hope they hope they know how to box because there's going to be a lot of fighting going on. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this is hilarious. I I actually am thinking about putting some money on this. Do you? Whoa! Think, whoa! You, no, this is hilarious. When are you ever going to get the opportunity to bet on something like this again? Never. Do you think this is? A, <laughs> I think it's funny, but do you think this is funny or is this is messed up?
0: No, I think it's interesting, but I think it's serious because there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of betters out there that are putting money, and anytime you're betting and putting money, it's serious business. JT, there's nothing funny about it when so you're you, on the wrong so end you think, of, a, of a bad bet.
1: <laughs> so you make you bring up a good point and think about. So with actual money being tied to this. Do you think that this makes it dangerous at some point for the Astros? Because I feel like, look, they're like, hey, look, we got to hit this over under. Hey, just plunk them one time. Like, do you think at some point this becomes dangerous on the season for the Astros players?
0: Not because of the betting line. I think it was going to be dangerous to begin with anyway because you see all the comments being made. You don't think people are going to try to take revenge on that? Like, that happens all the time in baseball. So Astros. I don't think it's dangerous because of the number. I think it's dangerous because of the situation.
1: Astros, I am gonna. I hope you're listening. This is what you need to do if you're a player on the Astros right now. You need to go to f- the front office and of management. You need to find three of the toughest guys you have in the farm system that you know have hands, and you need to call those guys up for active duty this season because you guys are going to be in a lot of fights. You better have somebody on the roster that can beat somebody down so they stop hitting you with pitches. You got to do that.
0: Well, sticking with baseball, Mookie Betts finally traded after all of the rumors. He, along with David Price, some cash, Gratterall, and Luke Rally, traded to the L.A. Dodgers. And the Red Sox in return get Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, Connor Wong. And the Twins were the third team in this deal, and they got Kenta Maeda. In return, so JT, it's a big
1: trade there, obviously with Mookie Betts in it. Who that's won a little, that? That's trade? A LeBron James trade right there. Four teams, two players.
0: <laughs> Who won that trade?
1: Uh, whoever got rid of David Price in his crappy contract <laughs> won that deal. That's an easy question. No, I I, I see why the why they uh, why the Dodgers went out and got Betts. I feel like you know. They're trying to win now, but yeah, just getting rid of Price's deal—that's that's such a huge win to get him off the books. Like he's been underachieving ever since he got there. So yeah, um, I think I think the person who got rid of David Price won. So the Red Sox? Yep.
0: I think it's the Dodgers. I I do like what the Twins got with Kent Maeda, but I think it's the Dodgers. Listen, money isn't an issue. So like, it doesn't matter that um. And, and remember this, too, I believe they did get some cash from the Red Sox as well. So they're going to take that cash and use it to pay Price's contract. So money isn't an issue for the Dodgers, so they could care less about taking Price's contract on. And Price actually, in the playoffs lately, hasn't been all that bad. But getting Mookie Betts, come on, man, adding another bat, like in having him possibly long term. I mean, you won the deal. You got the superstar in it. Those minor league guys, there's no guarantee they pan out. You know what you're getting with Mookie Betts, and you've been how close the last three years of winning the the series? The
1: the Dodgers will always be a Kershaw meltdown away from the World Series. So it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If if Kershaw can't get it done, this Mookie Betts thing won't matter. Well, maybe this is the year Kershaw
0: gets it done with David Price and Mookie Betts. You don't even believe that. So –
1: if we're, if we're going to go – They still – listen, but they still on, won the on. trade. If, if if they still
0: gonna, won the trade.
1: Agree to disagree. So if you if if you want to go ahead and bet on, you know, how many times the Astros players is going to get hit by pitches, let's go bet. That, let's go bet, see if there's a betting line of whether or not Kershaw will choke if they get to the playoffs and he'll choke away. But see,
0: see, you always try to show different things. That's not the question. The question is who won the trade. And the answer is the Dodgers because they got Mookie Betts – and they needed to make that trade. Now, if Kershaw goes and blows it, well, that's not Mookie Betts' fault or the trade. You think Alex Verdugo or Jeter Downs or Kenta Maeda would have prevented that? Kenta Maeda couldn't prevent it last year, even though I thought they should have used him more. Like,
1: There you go. They, they didn't use him more.
0: All right, but that's that's their decision last year. Getting Mookie Betts is the right move.
1: No, I just think for the, for the Red Sox, just getting rid of guys who had been there and they hadn't kind of gotten over that hump it's just starting over getting some new blood in there so i think that's to me i know you say money's not an object but just getting david price out of there i think was a good deal wait, um wait
0: wait wait who won the world series in 2018
1: i don't know whatever year the astros didn't cheat without the year they didn't cheat
0: <laughs> bro it was the red Sox. yeah like,
1: whatever. you're like oh get these guys out that didn't win
0: last year but they won two years ago how'd they do last year What's the matter? They won in 2018.
1: (laughs) How'd they do do last year? (laughs) Next question. Okay, thank you. So let's move on to the NFL. We're going down to New Orleans where Drew Brees announced that he was coming back to play next season. Uh, This is so tricky for the Saints because they got Brees coming back. He's obviously old. Uh, Taysom Hill broke out in the Saints playoff game against the Vikings, and there's rumors that he wants to be a starting quarterback. And then, of course, you got Teddy Bridgewater, who played well in Drew Brees' absence, and he's a free agent. So, should what should the Saints do? Should they keep Drew, roll with Taysom Hill, or sign Teddy Bridgewater and make him the guy? Which way do you think they should go?
0: Well, I think they got. If Drew says he's coming back and wants to come back, you got to go with Drew. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the wheels fall off at some point, but a lot. Oh, they've fallen (laughs) off a lot of it has to do with the salary cap hit like they've been pushing it so far down the line even if he doesn't play for them this year he's like a 15 million dollar cap hit this year and like four in another four million in 2021 so you've kicked it along this much you might as well re-sign him the one or two-year deal and keep pushing the salary cap hits later and later because i've talked about Taysom hill before i'm not sold in bridgewater i i I think he's worth a starting um QB chance somewhere, but for 30 million a year, uh, especially keeping him in New Orleans where you can maybe get away with Breeze another one or two two years, I think 30 million is just too high. Now, Teddy Bridgewater somewhere else for less than 30 a year as a starting QB. He's he's going
1: to get he's going to get 35 minimum on the open market. No. 35? Dak
0: Prescott can't even get 35 and he's been starting the last Dak Prescott can get
1: 35. He just doesn't want to sign for 35. Well,
0: I I think 30 million is still too much for for Teddy Bridgewater for him now. Oh, I didn't say I I didn't say I would pay
1: him 30 million dollars. I agree with you. I I don't me personally, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a top twelve starting quarterback, no matter what team you put him on. Because think about this. Everybody forgets when Teddy Bridgewater was in Minnesota. The league was about to give up on him before he had that, that serious knee injury in what, two thousand sixteen? No, like they, they weren't. They were yeah, they, they were, were looking they forward were, to that. They season. were no, they were not. They were like, you know what, hey, look, you know, Teddy might not be the guy to get us over the hump. Like they did not think like he they were they were debating whether they were gonna pick up his option to resign him. Come on. Like he was not they were there was nobody thinking that, oh, yeah, when Teddy Bridgewater becomes a free agent, he's gonna be the guy that everybody's gonna throw the bank at. No. He was not that type of guy. He went to New Orleans, luckily, had this great stretch while Drew Brees was out and had his career revived. And I agree with you. If Brees is healthy and he's coming back, you got to roll with him because that team is built to win now. And Drew Brees gives them the best chance to win a Super Bowl. And that's just plain and simple. And Taysom Hill, as much as I know we debated this in the past, I do think he deserves a starting contract in the NFL. I never said he deserved a starting quarterback contract. I think he'd be better as like a receiver slash gadget player, but you just don't know if he can be a starting quarterback. And for you to have Drew Brees still available, and you're this close to knocking on the bowl to go, knocking on the door to go to a Super Bowl, it would be irresponsible of the Saints to say, "You know what? All right, Drew, time to go. We're gonna roll with Taysom Hill, the guy who's been, you know, a wildcat quarterback to this point in his career." So absolutely not. They gotta roll with Drew, right? I agree. We finally but, agree. Oh, but oh, oh wow. Thank you. Look at you. <laughs> See, now I don't have to be mean to you. But you kind of brought up a good point. Um let's say they let's say they go with Breezer Hill and now Bridgewater's the odd man out and he hits free agency. Do you think he'll get at least thirty million out there on the open market? No. No.
0: No. I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone tries to make him a starting quarterback because his record has been really good as a starting quarterback, I think. Um, but thirty million? No, for no. I I think at this point that's too much not, for a guy that has played a whole season. You since would like pay. Do you
1: think he's gonna get? You think Ryan Tannehill can get thirty million dollars on open market?
0: I never said that. I said I said that they would franchise tag him, which would come with a big franchise tag hit.
1: Uh, I do think he's gonna get at least thirty million on open market, just because. He's probably one of the, the hottest free agents that's gonna be available. So um, Ooh, I don't yeah. know. There's, there's actually
0: quite a few. Philip Rivers, Tom Brady. Ooh. I don't know about oh, that. Oh, yeah.
1: The old guys. Yeah, I'm 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 not saying I'm not saying he's That's all than, you
0: need him for one or two. I'm not years. saying he's
1: better than those guys. I've heard I've heard people say that he's gonna be in high demand and you act like there's not a lot of stupid people in front offices that like, you know what? Hey, we saw Teddy for six games in New Orleans. Yeah, he's ready. No. I'm, I just I'm not saying this. they
0: won't throw 18 to 20, but 30 oh, now, absolutely Thirty not. at this point needs to be a there, franchise. There ain't,
1: no, there ain't no starting quarterback making 18 to 20 million dollars. is going to start a new deal. That's not happening. Absolutely not. But also, like you said, I just all of a sudden can't believe that, you know, Bridgewater's a 35 to 40 million dollar year quarterback. I'm not buying it. I can't do it.
0: No, he's not even. Listen, he's not even going to get 25 to 30. He's not getting more than 20.
1: So who's who? Let's say open market. Who should get more, him or Ryan Tannehill? You don't know the system that they're oh, going to.
0: That's that's a tough question because I don't think Tannehill should get twenty five to think thirty
1: either. Trash. And I'm guaranteeing you, Tannehill would get thirty five million on open market. I, for sure
0: thirty five. No way. Absolutely. If, if I had to bet, who would get more? Not saying an amount. I would say front office will throw more at. Ryan Tannehill, then Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Which is sad because I think Bridgewater's the better quarterback.
0: I, I would say so too, yes. So, JT, I've been wanting to talk about this with you Why? for a while. Why? Why? <laughs> the NBA All-Star Game. Team LeBron won 157 to 155 against Team Giannis. But JT, there's a little bit different format. If you didn't watch it, The way it worked was after each quarter, after the first and second quarter, the scores reset. And the winner of the first, second, and third quarter, that winning side got $100,000 toward uh, one of the um, selected charities that they had. So after the first quarter... It was Team LeBron that won 100000 and then Team Giannis after the second quarter, they won that individual quarter, so they got $100,000 to their charity. The third quarter was a tie. So what ended up happening was Team Giannis was in the lead going into the fourth quarter because they did keep the overall score as well. So the way it worked was they went with what's called the Elumending, ending, which is if you've watched the basketball tournament in the summertime, You're familiar with this, where there's a certain number you need to reach. They get rid of the clock in the fourth quarter. And going into the fourth, whoever had the most points only needed to score another 24 to win the game. So Team Giannis was winning going into the fourth by nine. They only needed 24 more points to end the game. There's no clock. Since Team LeBron was down nine... You took 24 points, add nine. They needed to score 33 points before Team Giannis' team scored 24. So, in the end, it was Team LeBron that won. I thought it was really exciting, but JT, do you like that new format, and why or why not?
1: Yeah, I like it because whatever gets these guys to play hard in All-Star game is always going to be a benefit because you know the All-Star game is, look, they don't play into the fourth quarter. Then even when the fourth quarter comes around, they're really not really playing. These guys are out there, you know, diving for loose balls. You know, really playing like it was a real playoff game. So, yeah, I think that that rule is the perfect rule to get these guys to like their like their competitiveness flowing. Like, hey, look. They, we got to score 33. They only got to score 24. Let's prove we're better and let's go get it done. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that that I like that rule. And that's why, just because these guys are going to compete harder.
0: Yeah, we should have had this in our love it, like it, or trash it segment because I love it. The one thing I would uh, change.
1: Are you sure about that? I, don't I love know, it. I, I don't know if love you love it. it. You might uh, love it in the moment, but you're not going to love it two days after when those same guys who are playing hard all of a sudden are back to day-to-day designation in well, fantasy. Well, that, so
0: means, that means they weren't day-to-day to begin with and they weren't hurt to begin with if they're playing 30 minutes can we, in the All-Star can game. We, can,
1: we add, can we add that to the love it, like it, or trash it? Day-to-day. You love <laughs> it, like it, or you want to trash it. The day-to-day designation in that basketball. The worst thing in sports <laughs> is the day-to-day. You see DTD by a player's name, you're like, Shit. Here we go.
0: <laughs> well, one thing I would change, though, is I think they should now go back to the West versus East.
1: Nah, I like the draft. I, I, I do We the don't draft. get to
0: see it, JT. I love If it. you're, you you're going to show you it on television. The draft, don't you? No, they don't show it on television.
1: Well, that's, that's the thing they need to do. And I feel like yes. the reason they don't do that is because there's so much pressure of, okay, it's like the real draft. We can see the board. Oh, yeah. He didn't pick LeBron first. Oh, right, what's going right. on? Like it's just too many storylines to be yeah. generated from a live but draft listen, But for the fans, it. that it that would to yeah. me the NBA needs to do that because that would increase their ratings because that would bring so much drama to the league that people want to just pay attention.
0: Right. They should, and if they're not, then go back to the east, West versus East because or East versus West because I think now that the guys are diving for loose balls in the fourth quarter is even more exciting than before well, now that
1: money's on the line.
0: Well, it's, it's, well, yes, yes. And so like, let's do this a couple years and see how it goes. I think it's going to be good. It makes the fourth quarter more fun. And this is the reason why, because teams that are behind, they're never technically out of it. So they need to play defense. Mm-hmm. Like before you might be scoring all these threes and stopping them. But if time runs out, you're just, you know, you're, you're screwed. Whereas here, It's all up to you. You can make a comeback if you're down 20 points if you want, if you play defense. So that's why I like it a lot.
1: You know defense has no place in the all-star game.
0: Hey, fourth quarter in baseball is defense, bro. Mm.
1: So you say.
0: I said, I meant to say and baseball, not fourth quarter in baseball. I said fourth quarter basketball and baseball all-star games. There's defense to be to be had.
1: Nah. Well, sticking with basketball, let's go to Houston, where the Rockets made one of the craziest moves of all time. So they traded a guy you like it, uh, Clint Capella. They traded him to the yep. Hawks in Atlanta, and what they're and they got Robert Covington from uh, the Timberwolves in return. So what they're doing is they're going with this small ball lineup, where I don't think the tallest player is over what six seven, something like that. They got PJ Tucker, who's six five, starting at center. And oddly enough, I think they're, what, 8-2 now with this lineup? So for some weird reason, analytical-wise, analytical it's working. But here's the thing. Can the Rockets really win an NBA championship and make it through the playoffs with a roster, with a starting lineup that has nobody over 6-7 on the court? Like, do you think that can actually work?
0: In the regular season, yeah. It's, it's proving that it can, but... JT, come playoff time, you still need some bigs. You still come need playoff some bigs. time in
1: the West, like the three, uh, the yeah. three favorites in the West, but, all have talented bigs, and they're well. F-
0: this is the thing, right? They also picked up Damari Carroll and Jeff Green, but it's like, and they gave up a first round pick too in order to give away Capella. I don't know if you knew that they had to give up because Capella is now injured. They don't know when he's going to come back for the Hawks. The Hawks, I believe, got a first round pick. I think that pick went to the Hawks. So but to answer your question, come playoff time, no. And this is why, like you said, the the best teams in the West, not only do they have um centers or or but they have athletic centers. Like Anthony Davis, he can guard PJ Tucker. And PJ Tucker is not the type Tucker of guy can,
1: Man, come on, PJ Tucker can guard himself. Like It's not going to take much to guard P.J. Tucker. That's what I was going to say.
0: He can't hit the three. So, okay, you go small. How are you going to stop Anthony Davis and LeBron? Like, P.J. Tucker's not giving you that offensive weapon to score. How are they going to stop Jokic? Like, he's he's an athletic big guy.
1: Hit him with the (laughs) day-to-day. That always works. Like,
0: like, I don't understand. With the Clippers, the Clippers – I mean, the Clippers have the depth over you. So, now that you've gotten rid of Capella, which was maybe the one area that you could attack the Clippers or, you know, maybe had a strength over them. So, I don't understand the move because I think long-term, it's not going to help them win a title.
1: Yeah, I think Shaq said it best. I forgot where I heard it, but he was basically saying that he hated the move. And I hated it for the same reason. It's because when you get to the playoffs and you think about guys like Anthony David, just think about the Lakers in general. You got... Uh, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and JaVel McGee. There is no way that PJ Tucker is going to get any rebounds over those guys. So you got to hope that the Rockets hit all their shots because you know they're not going to get a board. They're not getting rebounds. Same thing with Denver. They got a long, tall interior interior players. Jokic, uh, your boy uh Millsap. Like they're not getting rebounds over those guys.
0: How is well, Millsap, my boy? We've never discussed. Yeah, I feel, him. I
1: feel like he's always on your fantasy teams, but. <laughs> Like, you, you're, already, you're already punting the fact that you're not going to be able to get rebounds and you're banking on all, all this analytics to say, hey, the three-point ball is the best way to win. And I, I think it's a very, very, very dangerous and dumb move. But it also reeks of desperation because, I'm sorry, but at some point, Houston is going to have to accept the fact that this whole Daryl Morey analytics thing just isn't good enough to win. And they're going to have to bring in a basketball person who knows what they're doing because, this is, i just didn't understand this move. But here's the only thing I didn't understand. And then we'll get to Capella. I understand why they would look at Capella and say, "You know what? This is a move that we have to make because if you look at where the where the game is going, and you know, especially in the Western Conference, how they play in the playoffs, there's two things Capella can't do. He can't stretch the floor and shoot threes, and he can't get his own shot. He is a defender, a rebounder." And all his bat all his baskets are close to the hoop and they're assisted. So like he in certain matchups against teams in the playoffs, he could become just a guy that at some point you might take off the floor for somebody like a PJ Tucker. But to not have him available in the playoffs, that's gonna be really, really dangerous. Like I don't I don't like that at all.
0: Does does it matter that he's hurt and they don't know when he's gonna return though? Do you feel like he... that's part of
1: the reason? Like does well, that well, kind of well, justify it? Well, here's the thing. That you bring up a good point, but I would I would say yes because we know this. Anytime big men start having foot problems, it's you always get nervous. They know more than we do, so. And from what I heard, like they like him in Houston. Like he's not one of those guys. There's like malcontent. They're trying to get rid of. But they're either really nervous about his injury, but it made no sense because, I would think if you're getting rid of a guy like Capella. Why not bring in a big guy that can do the things that he couldn't? There's plenty of big guys out there now that can shoot the three, stretch the floor, still get rebounds, play defense, get blocks. So they didn't bring any of those guys, and they brought in people, like you said, uh, Jeff Green. uh, They brought in Robert Covington. um, Just guys that are basically fit this small ball lineup that they're going with. So I don't know what the Rockets are doing. I don't think it'll work. But do you think – let's say Capella is not really – the injury is not serious in long term. Do you think that they will regret – trading him and did they make a mistake
0: well I think I think they made the mistake I don't know if they'll regret it because it all depends with how the team looks in two years you know I mean if it's Harden in the same bunch of guys and Harden's only getting older then maybe not but if they have Harden Westbrook they get another guy somehow that starts to play really well and they could have had Capella too then yeah they would regret it um, I like him as a basketball player. Oh, you love Capella. So, yeah. So, I would
1: not have gotten rid of him, but I don't I mean Can I Can I ask you a question though? I didn't I totally didn't think about this until right now. How much of it do you think they let's say if let's say if the injury is not serious, how much of this do you think is because Russell Westbrook is there? It kind of devalues what Capella could do. Because if you notice, like now that Westbrook is there, his rebound numbers are down, like as a whole. Well,
0: well, I was going to say Capella was a casualty
1: of the Westbrook trade. There's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt. Like, I just don't think they need him, what he does, because Westbrook's going to get boards. Right. And also, too, they probably need, they can't have two guys on the floor that really aren't good shooters come playoff time. They're like, hey, look, that's not their game. Yeah. yeah, let's go at Westbrook at least he's right. the more important piece. Let's go get somebody else. Yeah.
0: No, I I agree. I agree. I think Capella is the casualty of the of the Westbrook trade. And I think it was bound to happen.
1: Uh ah, sorry to see him go. Uh let's go to the NFL. Let's go to the Cowboys and we actually we kind of already talking about this. The whole contract situation between them and Dak Prescott. Uh there's a possibility that they might franchise tag him. I think that's a real like if you had to put a percent on it, how much do you think the percentage chance of they they franchise tag him?
0: Man, I say it's like ninety to ninety five percent at this point. Ninety five,
1: you think there's no chance to get a long term deal done?
0: A five percent chance. <laughs>
1: Damn you, you! You should be an NFL GM because you believe in tagging people anyway. Well, well, no. Listen, I you know I'm a big.
0: Listen, if that's a rule and you're allowed and you're allowed to tag <laughs> when he, when he, when someone,
1: what he's trying to say is yes, I I want to tag everybody. I don't believe in paying what? anybody long term. Well, no, no, Except what ben I'm that's it. No,
0: what I'm saying is I'm a big believer of the franchise tag. If you have that rule in that system in place, then you've as a front office, you got to take advantage of that because if you don't, other teams will, and you're going to be behind. But in this instance, I think. And I've told you this since the beginning – from a year ago, from the beginning of the 2019 season, the Cowboys have made a mistake. They should not franchise tag this guy. They should sign him to a long-term
1: deal. So so that's going to be my question. Are they making a mistake by potentially franchising him? So you agree they are. I I read your mind.
0: Yes. It's a mistake. It is a mistake because they should have signed him long-term. They made a mistake when they signed everyone else – and still haven't signed their QB. Everyone signed, does it the other way. Jalen
1: Smith before you signed the quarterback. That made no I, sense to me.
0: I'm a big fan of Jalen Smith, but you're right. You've got to sign the QB before you sign Jalen Smith. That's the way it works.
1: Yeah, they they did make a mistake because look at that. you got a top-12 quarterback. He wins games. He's healthy all the time. He never misses games, and he's gotten better, and you have the offensive system around him for him to flourish in. You You got to be smart to look at the landscape and see, look, we got this young guy. Let's get him paid before Patrick Mahomes destroys this market. Like when Mahomes gets his extension, there's going to be a bunch of NFL teams that are kicking themselves that they didn't get their extensions done with their quarterbacks because he is going to destroy the annual the annual earning for a quarterback. It's going to it's never going to recover. So, yeah, I agree. They they're they're definitely making a mistake. By even thinking about franchising him, they better get a deal done, cough it up now. $38 million ain't going to be anywhere near what you're going to have to pay him in two years. Now, let's say he does get franchise tags. So you're saying it's like basically a foregone conclusion that it's going to happen. Do you think, one, do you think Dak should show up if he gets franchise tagged? And... Where where do you think where do you think what do you see happening? Do you see him going the Kirk Cousins route where he can get franchised multiple years and being okay with that? Or do you think it's uh it's a complete holdout or he comes in and gets one and then tries to work it out where he bolts the next time?
0: Well, I would I think even if he does get franchise tag, he should show up. He's a quarterback, he's gonna get a boatload of money for that one year. And if he balls out I think then it is really difficult for Jerry Jones to tag him again. Because I think Jerry Jones may may not be sold on him 100%. But if he balls out, gets him to a playoffs, wins a game or two, I think then that 38 to 40, he can easily get. So I think that's why he shows up. Now, if he was a running back in this situation, and I thought he should have earned that money already, then that's a little different, right? So, But show up. Ball out as a QB, you will get paid.
1: Yeah, I agree. And also because he's never made anywhere near the amount of money he's going to make on the franchise tag. He's, he's making six figures. So if they're going to hand you a $35 million check, you better go and play. So, yeah, it's a win-win for him. So sticking with quarterbacks, let's go to a couple guys that everybody knows. So Tom Brady, who's obviously uh, in the news because hes it's a possibility he might leave New England this offseason. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers starting quarterback, who just bombed in the Super Bowl. So there's a rumor out there that Brady could actually replace Jimmy G at, in San Francisco as a starting quarterback. So just listen. Listen, how, this is how it worked. Jimmy G's last three years are not guaranteed on his deal. And Brady is from the Bay and San Francisco seems to be a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. If this somehow happens, do you think this is a good move for the 49ers? So
0: I want to go back to, you You mentioned the Jimmy G contract, and that's why a year ago in one of our episodes, I'd have to go back to see the exact number when I said, no, the Niners are not having buyer's remorse because they could get rid of them after this year and they won't take a huge cap hit. There won't be that much dead, uh, dead cap hit. So to get to your question,
1: because you had to gloat first. Go ahead. Do you <laughs> even remember I, the question? What was the question? Repeated for the listeners. Sim, sim, right, case it would they be forgot. a smart move if the Niners replaced Jimmy G with Brady next season.
0: All right. So, Jimmy G, that's my boy. That's my paisan. It would be a really good move by the 49ers. Oh, listen, oh no the, way.
1: I, they I are, totally disagree.
0: JT, they are ready Win now. I've told you this. Defenses as good as the Niners, as good as the Jaguars, as good as the Broncos, those are two-year maxes. Like you've got two years with those great defenses. Look at the Broncos. They won a Super Bowl with that defense. Have they even gotten close to that again? No.
1: Well, also, even, free free agency and retirement destroyed that. Yeah, but I but, agree with what you're saying. But
0: that's what I'm saying. That's my whole point. But when you have the quarterback, so when you have that in place, you gotta win now. And Jimmy G, love him, but listen, if the Niners can get one, and I think they could with Brady because teams will respect and fear that offense a little bit more, they may be able to run the table in this next year or two. Um, Unless, unless the front office of the Niners is 100% sold that Jimmy G can get it done in the next year or two, you got to go with Tom
1: Brady. Uh, I think they do believe that they can get it done with Jimmy G. Now, I do think you had a good point with, I think, just take next year, nothing else. Next year, I do think that offense is a little bit more dangerous with Brady than Jimmy G. True. But here's the thing. It's always risky when a guy like Brady, who's in his 40s, he's played in the same system forever. And now you're asking him to go to a new system for the first time and all of a sudden take a team to the Super Bowl. There's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be a chance where we've never seen him outside of New England. Everybody's been waiting for this moment to prove that Tom Brady's not the GOAT. I think it's just a little too risky. You're too close. Jimmy G's been in that system. You have to roll with him at least for a couple more years. I think it would be very dangerous to put Brady in this situation because so, but that, that New England Brady might not be coming with him to San Francisco.
0: Maybe, and that's the risk you got to take. He's,
1: and let's, let's, let's admit it. Come on, like I, I love Tom Brady as a Dolphins fan. I think he's the goat. Do you think? Come on, Brady's looked washed the past couple of seasons in the system. Ooh, that bro, he, he just won
0: a Super a year ago. He, we were not saying they
1: that. won a Super Bowl. He he hasn't been the reason they won it. Did he look did he look, did, he, did he look? like a guy that can lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl last season? Let me ask
0: you this. If they had Tom Brady in the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl against the Chiefs, are we saying the Niners are the champs? I'm well, saying probably.
1: Well, if you're going to put it that way, if they had Tim Depot in the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl, you think they would have won? That's not true. That's nope. ask Steelers because they would, they would give you a different answer.
0: <laughs> well, listen, that secondary was not very good that Didn't year. Didn't you guys
1: have the number one ranked defense in the NFL that season?
0: I highly doubt that. I think you did. You need I to go look that up. That. I promise. I doubt that.
1: Hold on. What year was that? I'll look it up right now. I doubt what that. What year was it? I don't recall what year, what year Can We was go it? on to the next topic. Yeah, you go on. I'm looking this up. What's the next question? Can we go on to the next yeah, topic? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Look it up.
0: All right. The love it, like it, trash it segment. We got only one, JT. The XFL. What you got?
1: Um, I like it, but it's borderline trash it. It's just not the NFL. Like, I haven't watched any of the games. The highlights are really good, so I feel like that's what's really drawing people in. And they have some good stories, like the P.J. Walker story. Um, I don't know if you heard that story. Like, he uh, he was on the Colts practice squad, got real close with Andrew Luck, got cut. And Andrew called his dad, Oliver, who's obviously the commissioner of the league, and said, hey, give this guy a shot. So now P.J.'s actually balling out. So there's good stories, a lot of, lot of good highlights, but – it's hard to compete with the NFL and it's going to be hard to get people to watch it long-term. So I like it, but I can see myself trashing it by next weekend.
0: Wow. I'm going to go love it. Give me as much football as I can, can take. I love it in particular. You got to love the kickoff rule. I mean, it's awesome. Like you're getting, I I saw some sort of percentage and I'm going to misquote it. So I apologize. I think, not that they're scoring touchdowns on it, but the return rate, meaning they're actually returning the ball instead of just getting a touchback, it's at like over 60% compared to the NFL. It's like around 30 or under 30%. Like, it's exciting. And then the one point conversion two point conversion or three point conversion like that's awesome you could be down nine you could be down 18 and it's a two possession game you can be down nine late in the game and it's a one possession game like that's what you want you want excitement and so to me i love it i hope it sticks around because there's some good players in there pj walker's one cam phillips pittsburgh steelers if you're listening to me please sign cam phillips the guy's a playmaker the guy can ball and we need some playmakers at the receiver position.
1: Dear, dear Steelers, your fan is trying to get you to sign somebody in the XFL, which you probably already had a look at in camp anyway. He's saying that an XFL player is the key to your success next season. Just remember that. Uh, Sticky, wait, 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 wait on, JT, JT, come on, come hold on. Before you go on, sticking with the Steelers. So let's go back to what we were talking about just briefly. 2011 Steelers, you guys played Tebow that year in the playoffs. So, that defense, seven pro bowlers. That Steelers defense allowed the fewest points, passing yards, and total yards in the entire NFL on the season.
0: Hmm. Bro. Yeah. We had, bro, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That secondary the their problems were masked all year, and it just came out at the worst time. This it was the same bound defense
1: that had Ryan Clark, James Harrison, and Troy Polamalu playing at all pro levels.
0: Who And we and were you, a wild. Think about it, JT. And we were a wild card team. So what's that say?
1: At twelve and four. Yeah, uh, it's twelve and four is twelve and four. That's a good team. What year did you look up? Two thousand eleven. You've got to look up, okay, so. You guys you guys played Tebow, you guys played Te- Tebow 2012, January 8th, 2012. That's the 2011 right. season. Just face it, man, yeah. Tebow is the fourth quarter. Back to your point about, oh, would the 49ers have won that Super Bowl if Tom Brady would have played the fourth quarter? If they would have had 2011 Tim Tebow, they would have won too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No,
0: because what did Tim Tebow do the next week against a really
1: good team? So you, are you saying you weren't a really good team with the number one defense in the whole entire NFL? What I'm saying was – You had the number one passing defense in the whole some, league, and you played JT, a guy who can't pass the ball, Jt he's still
0: Sometimes
1: still Yes, I know. I, sometimes you get touched by an angel. I know sometimes it's divine <laughs> intervention. Sometimes it's – Like John 316 says, sometimes it happens. Yes, I get it.
0: Okay. but Anyway, can we go back to the XFL thing? Listen, the Steelers did it once before with Tommy Maddox, so let's do it with Cam Phillips. How about that?
1: Okay. Uh, Whatever whatever helps you guys lose and the Ravens win more, I'm with.
0: Anyway, and Tom Brady would have won that Super Bowl for the 49ers this past year, and I'm not totally blaming Jimmy G. We've already discussed all of that, but I'm just saying – if you're going to go, you got to go with Tom Brady. So, uh, so some interesting changes in baseball and the NFL. So, JT, first, in baseball, and this was part of the
1: criticism that Rod, uh, Rob oh, oh, Manfred, Hold on, time out, time out. Before we get into this, see, because I normally don't do this to you. You always you, do no, this. No, I don't do this to you. You always do this to me. So, if you don't know this, this, this is what we call a Donato question. It's an overreaction to rules and all this stuff. You'll you'll notice that this is these are his questions. So yes, there are people that are listening. There are Donato and Don questions. Yeah. So, this is one of them.
0: Okay, so for for fans, listeners at home, the next two, yes, about the bait about baseball postseason changes and NFL postseason changes. Yes, those are mine, and I bet you. That the fans, JT, are more interested in those two than the following two after that. When we talk about UNC basketball ah, and nah, Roy nah, Williams nah, nah, and Matthew nah, nah. Stafford in hey, the look, Detroit look, look, Lions. Look, 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 Woohoo!
1: Detroit Lions. See what he's doing? See, he's trying to eight mile the whole situation. Don't try to don't try to say everything that's gonna be said so you can try to win the match. No, because you just brought read, it up. You just brought read, it just, up. Just just go through the topic, see? Always trying to sabotage. See, that's why nobody can trust you.
0: So Seven teams from each league in baseball would make the playoffs. Three division winners and four wildcard winners. Right now it's three division winners and two wildcard winners. And then, of the seven, only the top team from each league would get a first round bye. The first round would be a best of three with the division winners and the top wildcard team actually hosting all three of the games no matter what. Um, Obviously, if just the first two games are won by a certain team, then the series is over. But either way, if there's an elimination third game, it's all by the higher seed. So the lower seed would not get a home game in the first round. And then on top of that, it's almost reality TV where those top teams, the division winners and the top wildcard team, actually gets to pick their matchup in the first round. So the, the best remaining division winner gets to pick from the bottom three wild card teams who they want to face. Um JT, are you in favor of this change up?
1: Absolutely. It only because they get to pick the matchup. You get to pick the team. You're like, <laughs> "You know what? Out of all these teams we think the, you're the sorriest we can beat you." Mad and if disrespect, you, huh? and If you pick that team and they beat you, like just just the just the bragging rights and just the Just the emotion is going to come out of that series. Absolutely, they need to do this. And this is something that can bring baseball back, to be honest with you. Like, the storylines that will be generated from this. Like, can you imagine, like, if the Astros are one of these teams and, like, somebody has to pick them who absolutely just wants to run them into the ground and then the Astros go and still beat them anyway? Now that you know they're not cheating, like, that's just great, 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 a great storyline. Absolutely, they need to make these updates.
0: I agree. I'm so in favor of it. You give you give more teams the potential to win. That means later in the season, more teams, more fans are interested. You're not mathematically eliminated by the big end of August for most of those teams. And like you said, there's a ton of drama. And then even more baseball of the playoffs because... Now you have more teams. That means more games in the playoffs, and that I'm all about more sports, especially and, and important
1: let's not, games. Unless you bring up a good point, let's not act like the playoffs the past couple years haven't been the most interesting part of the baseball season. They've they've been good series the past couple exactly, years. Exactly. Exactly. So th- if whatever can enhance that is good for baseball. Yep. Exactly.
0: So moving to the NFL. So we agree there. Moving to the NFL playoff changes. Uh, proposed in the new CBA, which the owners approved by two thirds, but the players have not yet. Mainly, probably, probably because <laughs> the owners are trying to add that uh, uh, what um, extra game in there. But anyway, that that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> each conference would have seven playoff teams currently at six right now, with the top team in each conference getting a bye only, whereas right now it's the top two. So JT. Are you in favor of adding the extra playoff team in the NFL?
1: No, because I actually like the way the NFL playoff is set up. I think it's probably one of the the close to perfect you can get, in my opinion, just because I feel like I've never felt as if, on a yearly basis, teams that should have gotten to the playoffs didn't get in. Like I feel like the guys that are in there are the guys that belong, and I don't think they need to mess with it. Just like I said in the baseball question there, Hey, more teams, that
0: means the 8th seed, the ninth seed might get a shot at the 7th seed going in late in the year, that final weekend. That means everyone's playing games, and it means something. Yes, sign me up. That means we get an extra playoff game to JT, in the wild card weekend. That means there's three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. Sign me up. There's more important football. And on top of that, the last two years, my Steelers would have been the 7th seed
1: personal i know this is personal yep yep next topic go ahead i
0: give you the floor my man i give you the floor
1: dude this is why i can't stand you all right so let's switch gears to college basketball where uh unc coach roy williams uh (laughs) it's kind of getting criticized i mean honestly this team is kind of deserving it but what he did was He's told the team that this is the worst and least talented team he's ever had since he's been at North Carolina. Do you think he's wrong for doing that?
0: As far as being wrong? I mean, overall, yes. No, no,
1: I didn't didn't ask you, was he wrong? I said, is he wrong for doing that? Right, is he wrong for doing that? Overall, yes,
0: he was wrong. The only part that I hesitate saying yes to – would be maybe he was using it as a motivational tool. I don't know. He like has. He's
1: a, Have you seen him come out and this is not the only thing he's done? Like he's called out like their toughness. He's saying like, look, because right now they're ten and seventeen and three and thirteen in the ACC. They're like dead last. So and they had
0: Duke beat and they blew that game. Uh, yeah. The officials didn't help. But anyway. I mean, he's
1: not wrong. This is probably the worst UNC team that I can ever remember. But listen,
0: like unless he's doing it as a motivational tool, like I, I think, think he, he was wrong. I think he was wrong for that because the other part was Cole Anthony was injured. He's been injured. Um, And it just, to me, it looks bad for future recruits because it's like, wow, you know, if you don't perform, this coach just throws you under the bus instead of saying, hey, we have not done a good job as a staff of developing our freshmen, our recruits.
1: But you're acting like coaches don't do that. Normally, like they recruit you, you don't perform, they throw you under the bus because but if no, you no, don't perform, that's their job. Hold on hold, the on,
0: hold on. There there's one of two ways of, of what you're saying. One, sometimes, yes, in a game, they might say, hey, he's got to make a better throw or he's got to do this or we called this and he read it wrong. But he is saying, this is the least talented team I have ever had and I've coached for years. That's, That's what really the record disres- says. That's really disrespectful. In the ACC.
1: This is literally the but least talented GT, team he's ever had. These are
0: 17, 18, 19 year old kids that you're just throwing under the bus. Develop them. They're freshmen, they come to UNC for a reason. I mean,
1: he did recruit him, so I guess part of it is on him. But I just think, what's wrong with that? Because if Roy Williams, if this team was really good and they were hyped up and they had this record, everybody would be throwing Roy Williams under the bus. They'd be like, look, he sucks. You can't coach. He, because, it, 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 would be, it would be his fault. But this be, team is not talented. Because and he's the, trying to motivate them. Because if, you're the – If if they, let, if they can suck I, – can I, can I answer
0: your 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 thought you threw out there? The thing is, he's the Hall of Fame coach and he's the one making millions. So yes, it should fall on him if they were overhyped and they didn't perform.
1: Nah, I just think if they suck, let them know they aren't as good as they probably think they are cuz I think a lot of this is they probably don't work as hard as he would like given that they're not as good as they think they are. And I I don't it's probably not working obviously, but I think he's doing this to kind of kill their ego and hopefully it makes them work harder, but I mean, it's true. So he's just saying it, but yeah, they're bad. So, yeah, let's move on to the topic that, you know, you kind of threw out there early. Don't act like you don't want to talk about this. So there is a rumor out there that the Lions are strongly considering moving on from their longtime franchise quarterback, Matthew Stafford. So should they do this or is this going to be a mistake? It's going
0: to be a mistake. Name me a quarterback that they've, that they've, had homegrown they d- they've d- developed uh, that they've drafted that they've signed as a free agent that's been great and let them do a Super Bowl yeah you can't name one you've got Matthew Stafford appreciate what he's done for you because you haven't put much around him to be honest never have had a running game has never had a tight end there and besides Calvin Johnson hasn't had many weapons and has never had a top tier defense like the Broncos the Seahawks the Ravens the Jaguars so I don't know what you want from the guy. You better not get rid of him.
1: All really good points you made. Um, can't disagree with that. My question is more of this. With all that being said, where the lines currently are right now, what's the upside to keeping him? And you got. I think that's what they have to look at because former number one overall pick, what is he, 69-82-1 as a starter. That's under 50%. 0-3 in the postseason. And – his body is breaking down at a position where it normally doesn't happen at his age, not yet. So he's physically on a decline. He had a serious injury last year. He's always been nicked up throughout his whole career. Yes, I know he hasn't had a defense in the running game, but they haven't done anything with him. And I feel like if you're gonna move on from him, now's the time to do it. You've got two, two straight drafts that have decent replacements for him at quarterback. If you're going to trade him, This, he still has name value in the league. Somebody like a San Francisco would be like, you know what, or we're a quarterback away. Let's go get somebody like a Matthew Stafford. So if you're going to move on, this is the time to do it because you're not winning with him and you got to make some sort of change. Now, here's the thing. The reason I think this probably won't happen, I think they'll keep him, is he's stuck in a bad position where, unfortunately, the guys who are around him on the coaching staff and in the front office, like, they're on the hot seat too, so – If the Lions go with, like, a rebuild mode option, like, those guys are likely gone. So they're not going to be pushing for it. It's like, hey, like, let's get rid of Matt and let's draft somebody and develop him because those guys don't have that kind of leverage with Detroit.
0: All right. I mean, those are good points. Uh, Those are good points that you bring up. Um, Before we go on to our next one about Deion Sanders, I want the fans, the listeners at home to just take a second and think about the last two topics we had with Roy Williams and Matthew Stafford and if those topics were as exciting as the baseball changes and the NFL changes that sparked the conversation um, amongst yourselves or just internally with your own thoughts. So I don't know. It was definitely baseball in the NFL, so JT, sorry. Anyway, it, Deion Sanders,
1: all right? The, the he, Don is he, the ultimate self-promoter. You are the Don King of podcasts, literally. I thought it was the dawn of sports. Yeah, whatever. So what, <laughs> what, what, what we got next?
0: So Deion Sanders, he, in an interview, um, not an interview, but a conversation with, I believe, Dan Patrick, um, he had mentioned uh, Deion Sanders did that. Too many guys are being allowed in the Hall of Fame, and it's watering down the NFL Hall of Fame. So, JT, do you agree with Deion Sanders?
1: Yeah, I do. And I, I I feel like we've had this conversation before and it's I always look at it this way. I know this sounds harsh. If I if they if somebody tells me your name and they're like, you know, what is is Deion Sanders a Hall of Fame player. I'm like, oh, absolutely. Like, there's no doubt about it. If I have to think about it, you're not the Hall of you're not a Hall of Fame player. And I think the Hall of Fame is called the Hall of Fame for a reason. It's not the Hall of Very Good. It's not the Hall of, hey, he was awesome for six seasons. It's these are the best players of all time, and they will be remembered across all eras. And I think it's getting to the point in NFL where we just don't know some of these guys because they weren't good enough to get in the first one or two times. And it's going to be the same way, like going forward. Like think about some of the guys that are coming up like perfect example as 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 awesome as he was as a physical specimen. And when he played, he dominated. Do you think Calvin Johnson should be a Hall of Fame player?
0: Calvin Johnson? Yeah,
1: Yes. Like, think about it. See, and and that's a serious debate. I don't know if he really has the stats to get in. Like, when you think of all time great, all time greatest receivers to ever play, do you think he's on the same level as a Jerry Rice? Like, don't t- don't take nope. into don't take into account of his circumstance. But there's,
0: like, there's there's probably only one only one other receiver on the level of Jerry Rice, and that's Randy Moss. So that's not or a fair question. T.O.'s up there too. Okay, he's up there, but that's still not a fair question.
1: Uh, I just think there's there's too many guys getting in. If you if you've been off if you've been on the ballot for a while and you're not having been having gotten in, like I think there should be the cutoff should be stricter. But it just seems like everybody's getting in the Hall of Fame now every year. Like two guys going, I'm like, who and why? Like it's it's yes they're all good and I'm not trying to say they suck or anything like that. It's just it's the Hall of Fame, man. Like these are legends, goats. Like not everybody in the Hall of Fame is a goat. Like it shouldn't be that way.
0: Yeah, I, I actually agree with Deion Sanders, and I felt this for a while. Like, you got to eliminate that minimum. It's at least, it's been since 2006, They the minimum is six to get in. Some, ta- some years it's been seven, some years it's been eight. This year, because it's 2020 and the 100th year anniversary, they voted in, or they have 20 guys going in, JT. So if you think about it, there are a total of 346 members in the Hall of Fame right now. Since 2006, there's been a minimum of six each year. So of the 346, since 2006, in the Hall of Fame opened in 1963, since 2006, 117 members have been elected in. So just from 2006 alone, 33.8% of the members have gone in since 2006. Think about that. That's a lot. That's a lot in a 14-year span, considering, you know, the other 43 years, <laughs> you've had only what is that, 66.2% go in. Like, that's that's crazy. There's been way too many recently, and I always use this as an example. I don't know how you feel about it, but Brian Dawkins, great safety. Don't get me wrong, Not a, a Hall really of fame good, player. a really good safety. Not a I would have taken him on the Steelers, but. He's he's not a Hall of Famer. That's like saying Ryan Clark should be in the Hall of Fame. No disrespect to Ryan Clark, but he's not Troy Palomalu. Oh, he
1: he means absolute the most disrespect possible. No, I love Ryan Clark. I I love Ryan Clark. I what
0: are you what are you talking about? Ryan Clark played for the Steelers in the Super Bowl.
1: you You don't like him on TV. I know you don't. I
0: love him on TV. He's awesome and he always reps the Steelers. Like, but I think he would admit too. He's not a Hall of Fame safety, but he was really good in that system. Like he was great alongside Troy Polamalu.
1: And that's the thing, and that's the point I'm making. And I'm, I, we're saying the same thing. Yeah. there's a lot of yeah. great players, but Hall of Fame is different. Right. Like I, like I brought up Calvin Johnson. I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I just think, uh, don't think he. I don't I think, think he's he, done enough. I don't think he's done enough to get, by the standards that I think the Hall of Fame should be. I don't think he's done enough. long to get in. Same thing. You know another guy who's going to be on, on the list that people are, I feel like he's a nice guy that people like, and he played really well when he did, but he left the game early. Like, Patrick Willis is going to be eligible, and there's going to be a chance that he gets in. Is Patrick Willis a Hall of Fame player? Absolutely not, in my opinion. But – I agree goes, with
0: you on I agree with you on that one, but Calvin Johnson was different because he was tough, a game man. changer.
1: Calvin Johnson is tough though. Like first ballot, first or second ballot, I don't think. No, so. no, 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 no.
0: Now, now that's a different question. You're I just don't saying think should, in the I Hall don't think of Fame. He's,
1: I don't buy the conversation that we're having. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. That's just me. I think he's awesome. I just don't uh, think he's a Hall well of I, Famer.
0: I disagree that he's not a Hall of Famer. I think he is a Hall of Famer.
1: Mm. So when you look at it, so somebody like. Peyton Manning, who for sure is a Hall of Famer, like, he's going to be in the same group as Calvin Johnson. Like, I don't think that – like, that doesn't add up when you think about stuff but, like that. But, JT,
0: but, JT, then, then you're looking at, all right, maybe one guy a year, which uh, that's a little tough, too, because it all depends then, like, that's part of the voting aspect of it. Some people think Calvin Johnson, some don't. But if he gets enough votes, he should get in. The difference is – you're saying, hey, you got to have a minimum of six. So now Brian Dawkins gets in, you know, some other guys. Now, no offense. I think Edger and James is a Hall of Famer, but I can understand where people don't think he is. But with a minimum of six, Edge is going to get in, you know? Like, but if there's not a minimum of six, Edge maybe doesn't get in. And now, now it's a whole different game, which I'm fine with. Now it's the elite of the elite.
1: It's really hard. You're Fuck. Funny question. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Um, my wife actually brought this up uh, when we were watching. Um, I actually showed her uh, like how they actually get to tell you when you're in the Hall of Fame when you got to wait for the knock and all that stuff. And she asked a very, very good question. I never thought about. And I'm pretty sure they never would tell you if this happens. I wonder if there's ever a time where they knocked on the wrong door. Do you think that ever happens? Because <laughs> you, because I, 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 can honestly, if 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 you were waiting, if you were waiting, say you're like the third or fourth try. This is your last try, and they knocked on the door and they're like, "Oh, this is this is Dion's room. <laughs> Sorry about that." Like I, I feel like you would have to hurt somebody. Um, I'm gonna say no, it
0: hasn't happened, just because I'm gonna guess they're really careful. <laughs> in making sure they've got the right room numbers. I'm just, but you never know. Have yes, you ever thought, have you thought of, I
1: never thought about that until she asked ne- me. She was like. Neither have I. She was like, literally, she saw the knock on the door, and I was like showing them how excited the family members get as soon as they hear the knock. And I was like, this is awesome. And she's like, this is what she said. She's like, that's stupid. What if they knock on the wrong room? <laughs> I was like, I never thought about that. So, so you're confirming that you don't think it's ever happened?
0: Uh, I'm going to guess it's not happened. All right. But it's a funny question. I like it.
1: All right, I'll take your word for it. So let's switch. See, gears. maybe
0: she should write the script of questions instead of your Matthew Stafford's and uh what was it? Oh, Roy Williams questions. Well, I mean,
1: she does have an agent. Feel free to reach out. Wow, you can't like pull any strings. I mean, dang. Like I, like I said, she has an agent. You gotta go, you gotta go through that channel. I have no say over that. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> let's switch let switch gears to your favorite sport, soccer. We're um I hope hope I'm saying his name right. So uh Musa Morega, did I get that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. I'm terrible with names. Uh, he's a forward for Primera uh, Primera Liga club uh, Porto and uh, Mali national team. So recently, uh, they were playing. I believe it was uh, Vittoria SC, and their fans got into it with him, uh, just shouting, shouting lots of um, uh, racial obscenities at him to the point where he got a yellow card and ejected from the game because of his reaction. Um, obviously, I'm going to get into his quotes, what he said after the game, but I just want to stick with the fans. Do you think the Vittoria SC fans should be punished for the racist chance that they uttered towards uh, Marega?
0: I believe this is a, a Portugal club team, um, just for the fans at home wondering where this team is. Um, but, yeah, the team should be punished because... I'm sure it's happened in the past and they obviously didn't take care of it. They didn't address it in the past and it's happening a lot all over Europe and even in some international matches and that's un- like it absolutely.
1: starting to get out of hand. Yeah. yeah like they're it, throwing stuff on the field, bananas right, and stuff like right. that, yeah. And,
0: and it's uncalled for and then what's the next step? You know, okay, yeah, th- there's words being said. What's the next step? Like, I mean, those words are still putting players in danger. You know what I mean? So, like, what's the next step then? Like you said, they're throwing stuff, you know, that could injure someone too. So, they should be punished as a team. And the way they, the way they can punish them is the next, I don't know, two, three games, they play at home. The, their home games are in an empty stadium. No fans are allowed. They lose the gate receipts from that, the gate revenue from that. And that's just the beginning. Like, I don't know, maybe they're fined for it because obviously they're not controlling the issue. They're not addressing the problem. And it happened, I think, in another match, in an international match, where they made, like, the rule is, I think, from now on in some of the international matches, or maybe or maybe in Portugal, but it's like they, they give the fans two warnings, and then by the third one, if it hasn't stopped, the, the refs can call the match. And either in this match or the other match um, that was an international match, I can't remember, and I don't think it involved Portugal, like, they made three announcements and they still didn't stop the match. It's like, well, people are going to keep saying it because there's no consequence to it, you know? So, that's just the tip of the iceberg on what they should do to punish the team, is no fans allowed, next two or three home games, they lose all the gate receipts, and then they might have to do what they start doing in the NBA, right? Individual fans that this occurs, hey, you're you're banned for life. Lifetime
1: ban, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I definitely think that the fans should be punished. I mean, this is unacceptable. And to me, what I what I think was more unacceptable is the fact that he actually drew a yellow card in the game for defending himself against the yeah, fans. Like, that's, to, me, that's, yeah. to me, that sends the wrong, message, yep, the wrong the, message from the sport to the fans. Like, hey, we can do this. Get away with it. If he reacts, he's gonna get tossed from the game. Like that is ridiculous. And basically, what it said, what it tells me is, you're telling you're telling him that look, you're on your own because we're not gonna stick up for you as, as referees. I don't know if you saw this video, but like literally, it's his teammates holding him, grabbing him, saying like, look, man, you gotta calm down. We gotta keep you in this game. And he was like, look, if I don't stand up for myself, nobody will. So that's why he made the comments after the game. Um he said, uh, and I quote, I would just like to tell those idiots who come to the stadium to make racist chance, go F yourself. And that got people more upset. And I feel like he's justified in saying that because guess what? The refs have to step in and basically say that by doing what you say, shutting down the game, if you know the fans that are doing it, throwing them out, lifetime bans. If the sport's not gonna take care of it, then he's got he's got the right to stand up and defend himself. Also too I will say this. I feel like as a black person I'm going to say this and you might you might not understand this but I want to explain this. I feel like because he's the he's the black guy that's standing up for himself in this situation it's not going to carry as much weight because people are always going to be able to say like, "Oh, you know what? Just play the game. Like you shouldn't be focused on this. Like you're overreacting." I feel like in soccer in general in Europe what's going to have to happen is the white teammates of these black players are going to be the the ones that have to stand up and say something, because I feel like they're the ones that when they deliver that message, it's going to be heard louder and clearer. And then I feel like that's more what's going to lead to things actually changing. So I feel like his teammates did a good job of having his back, but they might have to come out and kind of set the tone of saying like, Hey, look, we're a team, we're a family, and we're not going to accept this from any fans. So if you do this, we're not accepting you. So I think that in, in overall in soccer in general, I think that's the next step that has to happen, and I think that's when you're going to see things like this start to happen less and less.
0: Yeah, you bring up a great point. Either his teammates are going to have to walk off the pitch with him, and that's what they call the field in soccer, or even more um, drastic is you know the home team Vitória um, in Portugal. That team, knowing what's going on being at home walks off the pitch themselves and is willing to maybe take a loss, which I know as a, you know, we're competitors, which that sucks l- losing a game, but, but, sometime, but, it's, but
1: sometimes, but sometimes situations are bigger than the game. If it sets an example, like, it, Hey, not have even, to be, yeah,
0: even though we're the home team, we're not going to tolerate it because we may have, you know, some foreign players as well. And we don't want them to be treated treated like that at all. And especially on the road, you wouldn't want that to happen to our players. So, like exactly, yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: I guarantee you, if, if we let's say if we made this an NBA thing, I guarantee you, if there were some foreign players that were from Europe, that let's say they went somewhere to some, to, they were playing in some town where they were doing this, they were throwing all kind of stuff on the court, you know, uttering all these these racial obscenities. I guarantee you, those players would shut it down and say we're not playing. Like they would do it, and I think these guys need to do that. Also to um, shout out to um, the FC Portal fans, because I, I also read somewhere after this happened, when they went to a home game, um, they were showing support for um, for Morega. I think they were like chanting and they had like signs up saying like, we are all Morega. So I, I, I think they, they have the right message. They want to support their player. I love that. Um, props to them. But I think the players, like I said, need to step in and help out as well. All right, so let's go to everybody's favorite part of the show. Quick hitter, sponsored by Donato. No,
0: everyone's favorite is the surprise JT. But anyway, go ahead. Literally, quick Literally,
1: they turn us off by the time that comes on, so I seriously doubt it. Um, So anyway, quick hitter, sponsored by – you got us a sponsor? Uh, uh, I heard you're working on one. I heard you're working on one, so I, I know something's in the pipeline. So let's try to keep these quick. All right, let's go to NFL. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs obviously just won a Super Bowl, but – Funny thing is, they gave a Super Bowl ring to former quarterback Alex Smith. Wow. Do you agree with that move?
0: Uh, I mean, this is like the whole Kelly Bryant uh, conversation, huh? So, Alex Smith um, actually got a ring?
1: Yeah, he got one.
0: Wow. Um, whew, I This is going to sound kind of harsh. I Quick, don't agree. Come on. I, you, you don't I, agree? I do not agree.
1: All right, I agree with you. I don't think he should have gotten one, and to me, it's the ultimate diss. All right, let's stick it in the NFL and stick it with quarterbacks. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston, who is a turnover machine, uh, got LASIK surgery during the offseason to improve his eyesight. Do you think this will help him throw less interceptions?
0: Wow, what a question. Um, You know what? I actually think it will. Like, I remember – My, I remember when he was in Florida State, when he was the championship year, especially in that Miami game when we played up in Tallahassee, he was squinting the whole time. He could barely see the signals coming from the sideline. I'm like, how is this guy throwing darts? Like, I believe, JT, this has got to help. It cannot hurt at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it can help. I mean, (laughs) anything to help Jameis see better is a positive but also too on a serious note, didn't um didn't your boy have this kind of same similar situation um Verdi? I was reading somewhere I didn't know where like he uh, he was like kind of colorblind and he had like like LASIK eye surgery to fix it at some point. He said it helped him.
0: Well, I I don't know. They always said he was colorblind. I don't know if like people were just taking jabs. So like I I don't want. I
1: heard it was a real thing, and there was they were saying like he said it did help him. So hmm. um yeah, I, I think it'll help him see better. He'll see you know. Two defenders instead of, you know, maybe four or wow, something. This. See, more receivers, less see, defenders. See, you love taking those jabs. So, Even though help.
0: I'm not a Winston fan, like, I was not taking jabs at him. Like, that's a serious thing. Like, I need glasses. I mean, it, it's not and a that, fun thing. And that's
1: also why you're not all-time quarterback, right?
0: Among many other reasons.
1: <laughs> hey, all right. So, I'll tell you what. We're going we're gonna to switch it up a little bit on the fly. Why don't you take the next one?
0: All right, you just cuz you probably don't know about it, so that's why you're having me do it. So the no, I NHL don't
1: want, I don't want See, I don't want him to feel like this is only my section of the show. I want it I is. want to be inclusive in 2020.
0: It is. It is. You're great at this. You just run through. Them. The NHL Stadium Series, all right? It continued at Air Force at the Air Force Academy. Um however, for the game where the Avalanche were playing, there were hours of traffic before and after the game to the point where many fans didn't make it until into the second period or they just turned around and went home. Concession stands were, uh, the lines were long 30-minute waits as well as some concession stands ran out of food and drinks. There was no rideshare, no Uber, no Lyft available after the game because the academy would not let those drivers on the base. Some people who were dependent on the rideshare um, transportation method had to walk multiple miles to find rides, even some hitchhiking. So JT one should have been, you know, much better planning. So, with that said, should the NHL refund all tickets to that game?
1: No, <laughs> absolutely not. Look, it sucks what happened, but look, you knew you 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 should have expected. Look, it's it's in a unique venue. Some some things could happen and go wrong. You just never know what can happen, and this is what happened. So, next time they have it at that venue, just don't go.
0: Yeah, they should refund it. Come on, this was a PR nightmare, and some people left their house super early, like four hours early, and still couldn't get in. That that's that's that was not the fans' fault, and they should refund it because I'm sure the NHL has made enough money in other
1: ways. So, all right. So going to college football, uh, LSU is bringing back Bo Pelini as his defensive coordinator. Is this a good move? Yes. It, it'll be good until he starts cussing at players on the sideline on on camera. Uh, I think this move is irrelevant. I feel like LSU defense has always coached itself. It's more important who they have calling the offensive shots that matters. Uh, going to NFL, Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to have two home games in London in 2020 season. Uh it's good or bad for them. <laughs> I I don't know what to say. Listen, Jacksonville this is the terrible. Just just say is Lo- terrible. Just move to London. Yo, just move to London already. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. They need to play as many games in Jacksonville as possible. And just, also,
0: move, just move to London already. You're playing already uh a quarter of your games in London now.
1: But that might be a bad thing for them. Did it I don't know if it was this year or the year the year before. Didn't they get in trouble as a team, like multiple players got in trouble when they went to one of these London games, like the night before? I remember, I think it was them.
0: I don't remember, you always like the
1: drama of stuff, so. Oh, yeah, because this guy doesn't like any, any stories of any kind. Yeah, I I don't like it, I think it's a bad move.
0: All right. well, you heard it there from, from JT. So. So all of our fans and listeners out there, that wraps up another episode of JT and the Dawn. Thank you as always for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and remember to subscribe to us, JT and the Don podcast on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, our I Heart Radio app, and wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, please leave us a five-star review and JT, If you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review anyway. And you can find us on social media at JT and the Dawn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So please follow us there. JT, great episode as always. We covered a lot of topics. So, JT and all of our listeners out there, until the next episode, see ya.
1: Peace.